a woman walked into the bathroom at her house and uh, as she did, she saw her husband weighing himself on the scales. She also noted that he, he was sucking in his stomach. As men do. He was sucking in his stomach. She thought to herself, he thinks he will weigh less by sucking in his stomach. So the woman rather sarcastically said to him, that's not going to help, you know. He says, sure it is. It's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> That's the sermon for... T- no, okay. <laughs> Amen. End of the year stuff. We come to the end of a busy year. And we're looking at new ideas and new things for next year. We make resolutions, do we not? Trying to deal with new stuff, it could mean making a commitment to shape up out of the old body. I never really thought I was overweight. I knew Glennis used to look at me that way. And the grandkids would say, Granddad, you're looking well which is coded language for, fellas, you're overweight. When the women in your life say you're looking well, that's coded language. That means you are overweight. Okay. And I was overweight. I didn't realize until I started this CSI or diet this year, I was too strong overweight. Perhaps we'd like to make a recommitment to try and deal with some health issues. We get to the end of the year, we, we want to take stuff down, I guess. We need to pack up, we need to clean the house, we need to shape up, we need to eat better, exercise more, do better, and be better. All these lofty ideas about what we want to do for the new year. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinketh, so he is. Our first line of action, I guess, is thinking. If we don't think, we don't do. We must think in the right direction in order to go in the right direction. And I think it's about attitude. You know the story of a guy who was walking past a house and it was a really windy day and his hat blew off. Have you heard this story? Okay, his hat blew off. It's a windy day. He blew over this fence and blew into the yard. So he walked through the gate, and as he was about to pick up his hat, this whopping great Alsatian came round the corner, grabbed his hat, and ripped it to pieces. That's my favorite hat. So he went up to the door, banged on the door. He was really angry. No one came, so he kept banging, and he kicked the door. Eventually, someone came, and he said, Mate, your dog, it's just... Ruin my hat. The guy said, see if I care, slammed the door on his face. This is not good. So he kicked the door again, banged it as hard as he could, kicked the door. Eventually the guy turned up again. And the guy with the hat says, mate, I'm not sure I like your attitude. And he said, mate, it wasn't my attitude. It was your attitude. (laughs) 
You are really slow this morning. You had too much Christmas pudding. As we go into the new year, perhaps we need to deal with attitude. Perhaps we need to sit down and take a look at how we deal with life. Perhaps sometimes we need to change our attitude towards ourselves. Ourselves. You know, I think we are our own biggest critic. I believe that. I believe we put ourselves down long before other people do it. We look at ourselves and we tell ourselves we're unworthy, we're not good enough. We tell ourselves we will never do that thing. We can never do it. I'm not thin enough. I'm not good looking enough. Haven't got enough hair. Tom, pick up. Haven't got enough hair. We tell ourselves I can never do it. But the truth is, you are the person God has redeemed. Christ has made you worthy. He has made you worthy. And irrespective of how you feel, he has made you worthy. And when God the Father looks at him, God, he doesn't look at you, he sees Christ's righteousness within you. So you are worthy. And I think for all of us, we are our own worst critic. We tend to put ourselves down too much. We put ourselves down too much. End of the year stuff, perhaps we just need to take care of stuff. Perhaps we need to sort out our house, our mind. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says, if Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. We are the church. And when you're standing in the garden tomorrow cutting the grass, you are still the church. And when you're walking down the street and you meet someone, you are still the church. And when you're buying groceries, you are still the church. You are the church. The church is never buildings. The church is never a building. The church is people. And wherever you are, that's where the church is. And even if you're having a bad day, you are still the church. And we need to, need to remember as we go into this new year, perhaps we need, Lord, to look at our attitude. Stop putting ourselves down. Stop believing who we are in Christ. The healthiest people in the world will not get to heaven without Christ. The richest people in the world can't go to heaven without Christ. The cleanest people in the world can't go to heaven without Christ. The neatest people in the world can't go to heaven without Christ. We need to attend to, our, I guess, our spiritual life. Sometimes we feel things are beyond our control, but that song reminds us, even when the days are really hard, even when the days are really hard and the world is crashing in upon us, Christ still stands with us. He still stands with us. And we are worthy. We are made worthy by what Christ has done for us. Clean up, shape up, and spruce up. Um, Romans 13 says, 
and do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for all of us to wake up from our slumber because salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. We who are in Christ, we who are in Christ, we are walking this journey, we are walking this journey. I had to do a funeral just this week and um, one of the ladies said, Rev, you, you talked about life being a journey and you talked about the idea that life is the space that separates the eternities and this is not our home. And she says, I've never actually thought of it that way. I said, well, this is not our home. This is not our home. We will spend more time in eternity than we will spend here. We are going home. And just this week when they, they played a song from an English guy called Ed Sheeran. Anyone ever heard of him? Ed Sheeran? I know about him. <laughs> know him well. They played a song for this lady who died, this lovely Christian lady. And the last, song, the last line of the song spoke about got me thinking he must be a Christian because the last line of the song says mum now you're home I thought that was wonderful mum now you are home this is not our home whilst we walk this mortal coil we have to rely on God the Holy Spirit's grace his mercy and his kindness and I guess just to get through some days that's what we rely on wow so um, all of us make mistakes all of us foul things up all of us start every day with the best of intentions and you know what it's like if you're like me you know I can get up from a time of prayer with Glennis and within 20 seconds I can have a bad thought about someone I'm thinking why do I do that I do that because I'm human and Christ saves me. G.K. Chesterton was asked by a newspaper editor, what's wrong with the world? What was his answer? I am. What's wrong with the world? I am. Me. All of us will struggle with sin but we just need to keep trusting, keep trusting in the Lord. Keep trusting in his grace. Ooh. The longer I've been in ministry, the more I realize that people really struggle with, within themselves. People really struggle within themselves. We long for encouragement. We long for someone just to encourage us. We long to hear someone say, good job, well done. We need to do that in the church. We need to do it more in the church. Encourage more. Good job, well done. Somebody came up to me in the last couple of weeks. I won't say who it is because he's here. He's here. Lovely guy. Never speaks to me but came up to me and told me one day what was wrong with the newsletter. Pardon? <laughs> There's three mistakes in the newsletter. Who cares? Three mistakes in the newsletter. What? 
not tell the person who did the newsletter, good job, well done. There's three mistakes. Someone's name was spelt wrong. There was a date spelt wrong. And you know what? The apostrophe was in the wrong place. What? The apostrophe should have been after the S, not between the S. Get a life. Get a grip. As Christians, we need to build each other up. There would not be a person here this morning who is not struggling in one way or another with an issue in your life. We have them. We have them. We all need to build each other up. We need to understand that sometimes my attitude needs to change not only to myself, but to my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. This is so. And we need to shape up. Shape up. Get rid of the old body. <laughs> it's easier said than done to get rid of two stone, i got to tell you. Get rid of two stone, 300 grams at a time. <laughs> it's easy, easier said than done. I'm not a big runner. In fact, Glennis will tell you. I don't think, darling, I've ever run when we've been married. Have I have ever run? No, no I haven't. I've never run. Um, I'm a bit of a walker and a talker, but I'm not a runner. Yeah. We need to exercise more. We need to get out and about. We need to talk to each other. The world, the people keep saying the world is different. No one talks to each other anymore. But we're the church. We need to do it. Ooh. And we need to worship on a regular basis. The early Christian church gathered the first day of every week to remember, to remember the Lord and the breaking of the bread. It was a common practice and it should be ours. In our Christian walk, worship is really, really important. Worship is not something, an addendum, we take on the end and we go, well today I'm not going to a restaurant, so today I'll go to church. Worship is not, God, I've got an extra hour this morning, instead of playing golf, I'm going to come to church. That's not what worship is. If God said to us, okay, for every single second that you desert me, I will desert you, we'd be in real trouble. If he took away his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his journey mercies from us, we'd be in real trouble. And yet we struggle as a church to have regular worshippers. We'll have people who come twice a month and once a month. We'll have people who only come to worship when they're on roster. How does that work? How does that work? You try saying to your boss tomorrow morning, look, mate, I just don't feel like it today. He'll say, fine, get another job. Try saying to your partner, I don't like, I don't think today I want to be married to you. I don't think today I want to talk to you. I don't think today I want to interact with you. See how long our relationships would last. We have godly people in this church, incredible amount of hard workers. 
But we have people who struggle with one and four and two and four. And we think, what the heck is that about? And some people only come when they're on roster. Pardon? We need to change our thinking and shape up about how we see our relationship with the Lord. It's not about me saying, I will give to you when I have an abundance. It's not about that. Worship is about giving to him what is rightfully his. Catherine de Cunha, who I don't really agree with because she was a really strong feminist theologian, but she said this. We were created for worship. We weren't created to make money, to own cars and property. We were created to worship God. So I just want to encourage you this year. The Lord's Day Fellowship, worship on a Sunday is not an optional extra. We need to get more and more into the study of the word. We struggle to get people into cell groups. I just wonder about that. People who won't come to cell groups, they won't be involved in Bible study. They'll be involved in everything that the world does, but they will not be involved in Bible study. People will be involved in everything, but we need to learn to come together, open up the word of God and pray. When we miss these things, we miss out. 2 Timothy 3.16 talks about all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I read on the internet (laughs) the quickest way to lose weight. You know, the internet is always right, isn't it? If it's on the internet, it's got to be right. The internet says, Paddy, the quickest way to lose weight is to drink lots of water and eat more fiber. So I interpreted that as drink lots of water and eat more figs. Because I love love figs and dates. Eat more water and eat more figs. Yeah. I guess in our church life, we need to drink more water and eat more figs. I want to encourage you this morning. My eyes, so... Um, I want to encourage you this morning as you look at the new year you're godly people all of you we've got to know you really really well and we are really blessed by who you are we're blessed by your encouragement we're blessed by your hard work we're blessed by your faithfulness we are blessed by it all and uh, we're not just saying that we really feel really blessed being in this place I just want to encourage you this year, build each other up. Build each other up. Get more involved in the life of the church. I'm not saying get onto a committee, but remember your worship on Sunday. Sunday's not an optional extra. It's not an optional extra. And get involved in the Sorry, Bible study and prayer.
Coming to church is really, really important. I love the old story of the old lady who went to the local post office continually in her town. She loved going. She went there to buy stamps one time just before Christmas and there was a long line of people waiting. And someone pointed out to her because she was elderly. He said, look, you don't need to wait in the queue. There's a machine over here. You just put your money in and they give you the stamps. She said, I know that. But the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. We need people. We need people to talk to people and to reach out to people. I told you the story of when Glenis and I went to one church and um, we sat down and someone came up and told us, you can't sit there, that's my seat. Think about that. my seat at this message of the new year I just want to encourage you in Christ Ooh, that keep trusting the Lord just keep trusting in him keep trusting in his grace keep just relying on his spirit pray be involved in, in a Bible study group come along and if we're struggling with worship, stop struggling. It's said that the Greeks had a race in the Olympic Games that was really unique. The winner was not the runner who finished first. It was the runner who finished with his torch still lit. Amen. I want to encourage you this year and God bless you. God bless you for what you do. Thank you for all the hours you put in in service of others. We were absolutely blown away when we saw the hampers the other day. Just blew me away. And when we went along to the Christmas dinner in Hercules Road, and I met a Syrian refugee family. And um, it, just, it just choked me up. A young boy was, was, was given a gift, a chess set, and he just stood there and cried. Twelve-year-old boy stood, just cried. If I remember anything about Hercules Road State School on Christmas Day, it was that young refugee boy. There are so many people in the world that need what the church church has. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are, continue to be the church. God bless you.